Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is headed verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 116, and my name is Jeff. Thanks for joining us tonight with me, DW, the guy who I would consider one of the best mentors out there. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm fine, thank you, and, and thanks for those kind words. I'm not, I'm not sure that I fit that, but I, I, I am thankful. Mentoring is important. Yeah, I would agree. And tonight we're coming back to it. This is the end of January already. And January, we did talk a little bit more about human trafficking and that in this month. And this was National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And along with that, it was actually National Mentoring Month as well. So tonight we want to talk about mentoring, especially if you are maybe a youth worker, somebody who works with kids, with young adults, someone who maybe is a mentor to other people. We're going to talk about what it means to bring out the best in somebody else. That's really the goal of mentoring, isn't it? I mean, that's why we would mentor anybody else is to help them to be better, to be more successful in their life. And yet sometimes when we hear this word mentoring, we're like, ooh, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be a mentor. Like that's that's not me. That's somebody else. I need a mentor in my life, but I don't I don't think I can mentor somebody else. So we're gonna talk about this on the show tonight. Also with us, Jason. He's back with us, and I know Jason, you've been a busy guy. How you doing? Are you uh, finding some time to just breathe a little bit? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Trying to. I'm just excited. Winter jam's coming up next week. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I'm just I'm, I'm all all gears forward for that. Um, if you haven't done so, you still got a week left to sign up for it. We're excited. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We have plenty of snow. We got a two pill. We got all the fun stuff. And I'll, we'll have a, an awesome speaker, awesome band. So if you're thinking about coming, you should just sign up and come. Go to org and uh, go to the register tab and register for Winter Jam. We'd love to have you. Mm. Yep. And we will be doing some more interviews. So if you're coming up and you have been a part of it before, I will do some interviews with you. We'll also be playing some broom ball out there and just there's a lot of really cool stuff. So if you've never been to Silver Birch Ranch or you haven't been to Winter Jam before, check out silverbirchranch.org and we'll also post the link in our show notes tonight at hopenet360.com. So you never know, we might get Dave in a kilt too. <laughs> oh yeah, you might. You might. Notice the key word there was might. Well, there's a chance. There's a chance. So it's, what you're saying is there's a chance. There is if a Photoshop chance. <laughs> Nice. That's about it. So if you're really good at Photoshop, I think you could do this. Uh, it's like putting a bulldog in a kilt. I, would, I mean, it just isn't pretty anyway. I was going to say, I wouldn't want our Winter Jam attendees to lose the food that's that right. they that's while right. here. So the only way that the chance will exist is if you can Photoshop it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, you know, I know you can, so don't don't bother. <laughs> maybe, we'll just get you a, maybe we'll just get you a peep costume instead. Oh, oh man, would that be fun. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Winter Jam is all about making memories. And especially for me, who has been in youth ministry for a long time, not in an active youth ministry setting, but I do still consider what we do on this show, Dave, to be a type of mentorship. A lot of people will listen in and they'll write in. They're like, oh, I never really thought about this that way. And, and some of the other shows we've done, one of them on margin, some other topics that we've done and having some different guests, a lot of people will message in and say, wow, you know, I never really thought about it that way. You know, when you guys talk about stuff on the show, it's not like it's just the same old, same old kind of a thing. It's like, you know, you guys say things differently, and I never really think about it that way. And the same goes to mentoring. And when we mentor people, we feel like, I don't know why this is, but we have to have everything all together and lined up and put into a nice fancy package and say, here, I'm going to mentor you. Here's a nice little packaged present of mentoring tools, and this is what we're going to cover. And I don't know, mentoring sometimes seems to be a little bit more complicated than it needs to be today. I, I don't know, and it's too bad there's not a video for our listeners. My, my wife tells me that when I'm about to say something after I've been thinking about it, my eyes start to move back and forth. And uh, I do not know that that's true because I can't see myself, but I think my <laughs> eyes were moving back and forth while you were talking. Um, <laughs> let me ask you two guys. You're, you're not my age. You're a generation under me, at least. 
Why is mentoring important? Why would you consider it important? Why, why have it? I mean, why would you do it? Why would you want one? You know, I think it, it helps you learn about things that you don't necessarily have to go through yourself. You know, okay. like I even think about my life and I look back and I look at the mentors that I've had and they taught me so much. And even when I've had questions about different things going on in my life, I know that I can go to that person and be like, you know, what, what do you think about this? You know, and it's it's somebody that you know you can trust their opinion on that could speak okay. into your life. Yeah. So you know, you know you can trust them. All right. So if you are seeking their opinion, does that mean they actually know something? Typically, I would hope so. How would they know it? Through through their own experience. Okay, so you're really looking for somebody who has experience at things that you don't have. Right. So you could actually be mentored in um, like taking care of a vehicle by just a mechanic that's your age. Exactly. Just because... Well, yeah. Because they know, because you're not a mechanic. Right, exactly. I don't know anything. Well, and and I... Now, now Jason, I understand, can make like a mean pizza, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I asked you even before the show, why don't you come over and teach me how to make a pizza? Yep. Would that be a mentoring kind of thing? Yeah, I would mentor you. Yeah, it would be. You know what? We have this age thing in our head, but one of the things that, that I think you need to see is that there are people that have experiences in life. And, and and they might have different experiences than you. And it's okay for you to submit to their experience to learn about what they know about. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, now I didn't tell you, Jason, well, you come over and I know since you're younger than me, I'll show you how to make pizza. I, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was the opposite. It was like, you know, I, I can just go buy a, a Caesars, you know, a little Caesars pizza and eat it. I'm, I'm fine. And and you roll your eyes at that. It's like, yeah, what would you what would you do that for? <laughs> well, okay, you must know something then that I don't know because, and I want to know what you know. Oh yeah. So really, part of mentoring is is twofold there. When and this is just one point, but part of it is there is somebody that has something to offer, and there's somebody that notices that and wants it, mm-hmm. and and you need those two components. Yeah. So, you know, as an older guy, what I do is I, I keep trying to grab as many experiences as I can so that I can have experiences that I can offer yeah. uh, to somebody else. And then I really have learned that I can't push it on somebody. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I said to you or somebody else, all right, you need to meet with me every day, you know, it's like I can't do that. Right. Because the person needs to. I don't know how many um, young wives have come to me actually and said, you know, would you mentor my husband? And I'd look at him and go, I'd love to. However, <laughs> they need to want this and they need to ask me and they need to set it up. Yep. Oh, you just, no, <laughs> I don't go and just say you're going to do this. It doesn't work. No, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think you can do that either, by the way. No. I, you know, you can talk to them about it. But then I have husbands come and they say, yeah, my wife said I should get mentored by you. Would you do it? And I'm going, well, Sure. <laughs> but, but you, you know what I mean? Now, now I'm in a sticky situation. Right. It's like, yeah. And you know what I find? Almost everyone that has said that, they come once or twice and I never see them again. Right. Yeah. Because it never was their decision. Yep. Right. They, they weren't wanting it themselves. No. Right? So if you're listening to us and, and you're you're saying, man, I really I really wish someone would mention it. What, what do you want? Someone to come in and be a dictator in your life? Or, or do you want to learn something from somebody? Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn something from somebody, boy, it's really not hard to identify who knows what you want to learn and go ask them to help you. And and if they love God, they're going to love you and help you, I think. I, I, does that make sense or is that too complicated? No, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I always run by the, the I guess, belief for better or worse that somebody out there is doing it better than I'm doing it. I mean, I'm a young person and I've realized in my life that I've tried some things and I've failed and I've tried some things and I've failed and I've, I've tried some things and I've succeeded. But not everything that I've done has ever been really easy to do. A lot of times it takes somebody to help lift you up, maybe that you see them doing something that helps, you know, solve a problem that you have in your life. And, and that's really, to me, that's why I, I actually would seek out a mentor is because there's somebody that is probably doing either what I'm doing or something that I'm looking to do better than I'm doing it right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's very interesting that you say that because there are people who fail continually and don't learn anything from it. Yeah. They don't make good mentors. No, they don't. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you really need to learn something from what, when you fail. It's not bad to fail, yep. yeah. but you need to learn something mm-hmm. from it and then look to teach somebody else so they don't fail. That's just part of loving people. 
That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we're going to talk about this more on the show tonight. Join us. We're on the tweet bag. If you're on Twitter, you can hang out with us too. You can use the hashtag HNRTB. Leave your comments, your thoughts. How do you mentor in other people's lives? What are your mentors like? We'd love to hear from you tonight on the tweet bag. Join us, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McClellan for Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works, the confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check us out right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We're hanging out with you. We'd love to hear your thoughts as we're on this topic of mentorship tonight here on the show. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight. And guys, as we're talking about mentorship, this is something that I think, again, we've complicated it. We've put it into such terms as maybe just relinquishing it to going to school or going, you know, someplace where... You know, I'm I'm supposed to learn something. Either I'm paying for college or I'm paying for this. Like, that's my degree of mentorship or mentoring in my life. And I know for me, I need to have mentors. But I think today, mentoring is a little bit more simple than that. And I, I wish it was one of those things that happened a lot of times as a, a person who worked in youth ministry for many years. I look at it and it's it's always a struggle to find really good, solid youth leaders, people that will help mentor the next generation of leaders, business owners, uh, executives, people that will work in so many different facets of life and community. And Dave, I know you have some really good thoughts on this. I'd love to hear just how, how you approach mentoring and how you help raise up new mentors to work and to mentor young people that just absolutely need somebody to pour into their life. Oh, man. You know what? You caused my brain to work like overtime here. <laughs> um, my eyes are must be moving. It but must be, it, yeah. There must be. I see them. Let me ask you this. Can you legislate having people be mentored? Can you, can you make a standard? Yeah, can you, can you make it so that people get mentored? No, not really. Okay, why? What's the quality that takes it away from that? I think you touched on it. Well, there's no relationship. Yeah. You know, there, there's relationship and there, there needs to be desire. Okay. Like the want for it. So when we talk about mentoring, see, one of the one of the ways we like fixing things is through what we call education. So, so then we legislate something. Here's how we fix this by having a class on it. Let me just ask you some weird questions some that you may not see as related, and I may and they may not be, but and let's see. That's right. Your brain's working. That's right. Um, are you a Bear fan, Jason? Oh, of course. Yeah, and, and that's okay. That's why you have the handicap sticker in your car. Ouch. No. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Uh, hey, hey. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Talk. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. just offended all the handicap people because you're way day, below that. At the all end right. of the day, you guys ended up in the same place as us. Yeah, we hey, did. Now. Just like in the I'm end of saying. life, we all end up in the grave. Very good. <laughs> now, for you, Jeff, same yeah. question. I'm not a Bears fan. Um, you Are you a Packer fan? I am a Packer That's fan. That's not the same question. Well, it's the same idea question. <laughs> same idea. Did anyone ever have to train you, Jason, on being excited about the Bears? No. So if I were to have a class for you on how to spread Bear fanhoodism, would that be a wise thing to do? No, because it doesn't work. And it doesn't even need to be done. I've been trying on you for years. Yeah, it doesn't even work. <laughs> it doesn't it work. doesn't work. It doesn't need to be done. Here's what happens. There's a certain contagious element to fanhood, right? Yeah. And, and there could be an obnoxious element, too, which I'm not going there, but it, there could be. <laughs> there could be. Uh, but only- if I'm a Packer fan and, and someone came to me and said, we're going to have classes for the next 10 weeks on how to spread um, – uh, the word about how to be a Packer fan. I would look at him like, you are the goofiest people I've ever met in my life. I'm not going to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the reason I'm not going to it is because you do not need to train me to be excited about something I'm excited about. And now, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So so I yeah. just go out there and naturally be excited about it. Yeah. So yeah. In, in the process, I can talk about it. I get excited about it. I talk to other people about it. 
All right. The question as a teacher then is, we have people that are not excited about mentoring. They're not excited about being in God's Word. They're not excited about their relationship with God. And we're trying to teach them how to mentor and get people excited about it. And there's a problem there. Yeah. There's a problem because the bus is way too far down the highway. We need to back that thing up and, and get to the part that solves the problem. And, and so tonight, if you're listening, today if you're listening, in the morning, whenever you're listening, you, you know, the, the bottom line really is, are you really legitimately excited about having a relationship with Almighty God? If you're not excited about that, what you really need to do is find somebody, someone that is and go talk to them. Because there's a reason why they're excited. I mean, mm. if you're excited about it, there's a reason why Jason is excited about the Bears. And there's a reason why <laughs> Jeff is excited about the Packers. There's a reason why whatever team you like, you're excited about it. And, and I'll bet you you could tell me the reason. Whether it's just be I grew up in the neighborhood and I like their colors. I mean, whatever it is. I'm not talking reason. I'm just talking excitement. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I see generally is a lack of excitement for uh, real relationships, and I see a lack of excitement for really getting to know God. People might say, no, I, I, I love relationships. But let me ask you to another question, since I'm in a question mood. When you see two young people, the standard, they say, hey, let's go out on a date, and they go to a, a movie. How much do they get to know each other for that movie? Depends on how much popcorn... They have. All right. And how does popcorn relate to it? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly what I'm thinking. Um, you know, they don't because they're not talking to each other. Do you know what our culture does a lot of times? They, they go and do things where they don't interact. Right. And they think that they get to know each other that way. When, when really all they're doing is like firing up hormones. Yeah. But they're not really getting to know each other at all. Mm-hmm. They're just firing up the hormones somewhere, and then they, they wonder why they have a problem with it. Well, they don't even know the other person. They really don't care about the other person at this point because they don't know them. Mm, right. And, and, and we keep doing things that don't allow us to get to know people. I tell young people all the time, if you want to know somebody, go work at a soup kitchen together. Go go clean a bathroom of, of you know a, a church or something and learn to do stuff where you serve and give together. Go, go do that. Yeah. In the process, you'll talk and get to know each other and go play games together. Go do something together. See, but there a lot of times there's no desire. That That's a little bit of an effort. Yeah. And and since we don't make efforts for relationships, we make efforts for money, we make effort. But a lot of us don't make efforts for relationships, real relationships. The easy default button is let's go sit and blah in front of a television or movie or let's let's you know, I have a lot of friends. I go home every night and I text people for three or four hours who are my friends and it's like put the phone down. Go and have a pizza that Jason makes with them. Yeah, there you go. And look them eye to eye. And talk. And, and talk. And just ask them how they're doing. Two years ago, there was a businessman, and uh, I, I met him, and I, I was talking to him, and I said, so how are you doing? He goes, and he gave me a quick answer. I said, no, how are you really doing? I mean, and he paused for a second, and his eyes filled with tears, and he looked at me and goes, in all my life, nobody's ever asked me that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how pitiful. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want your quick answer. I actually want to know, how is your wife? How's your relationships? How's your kids? What is going on in your life? And he goes, you... Nobody wants to know that. Hmm. And I thought, that's just terrible. In in God's sight, I think, and in, in our sight, it should be terrible. So I guess I was just putting it out so that the we need to work on having both an understanding that we need to set up an atmosphere for mentoring, but we also, if we have no desire to know God and we have no desire to be in relationships, we are going to have a hard time. Uh, getting mentored or being a mentor. Yeah, and you know, I think it's one of those things that we should continue to talk about. The whole atmosphere of mentoring is something that is much to be desired. There are some places that you'll go, I don't know if you guys saw the Glassdoor top 25 places to work, but... With Silver Birch on it? Yeah, well, I think so. I didn't look at the complete <laughs> list, but nice it was probably it was probably on there somewhere. Um, but these top places to work, it's like there's an environment. There's an environment of mentorship. There's an environment of people that are just willing to share information, to share some tips, some things that they've been through, some experiences that they've had in their line of work that might even relate to your line of work or help you solve a problem. And I think the same is true for us. We have to look at mentoring in a different way. We can't be intimidated by that word. 
We can't be scared about it. We actually have to understand that we were all created to have our mentor. We need that in our life. We need those kinds of relationships, but they can exist in different facets. So it might be personal one-on-one mentorship. It might be in a group. You might have a group and a leader if you're a youth leader or somebody else. But in the day of social media, there are ways that we can leverage those kinds of platforms, books, blogs, so many different ways that we can mentor people that we might not even meet personally. We have to understand that this is something that we're wired to receive. We're wired to have relationships. We're wired to have these kinds of input in our life. We're also wired to have a relationship with God, who is our top mentor. So we're going to talk about this when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is a great place to go, especially if you're listening tonight and you're like, I don't have a mentor in my life. I don't have somebody that I can just go to and I can talk to about some of the things that I'm struggling with, things that I'm having questions about, maybe doubts about, or just am not sure who to talk to about these things. Yeah, there's a live coach for you right now at HopeNet360.com. So Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show, and we're asking the question that I think every person person who's thought about mentoring has asked in the past, and that is, how do I actually mentor? How do I bring out the best in somebody else? Am I even qualified to be a mentor? These are some big questions, especially if you've been involved in, like myself, in youth ministry, where I've had to lead a team of mentors and help train them up, because it seems like In some ways, this is a foreign concept, and yet I realize, and so many people that I know, youth pastors, youth workers, people that care about this next generation of young people, they know that there is tremendous value in mentoring. But not only do people who should be mentors not understand what it means to be a mentor in young people's lives, but even young people today, we tend to kind of shun the mentoring side of it. We really don't want to be uncomfortable. We want someone that's going to tell us what we want to hear and make us feel good about ourselves and and that, but they don't really want that correction or somebody who can speak truthfully into their life sometimes, even when that could possibly hurt. So I want to talk about this, guys. The church itself, and the one thing I'm passionate about is youth ministry. Youth ministry, I think, is undervalued. I think it's misunderstood sometimes. It's looked at maybe more as a babysitting club than it is a place where not only do you help form spiritual connections uh, in that relationship with God among young people and, and even mentors, but it even instills some understanding of how to actually mentor somebody. And and I, I don't know if you guys have some thoughts on this, Jason. I know you've spent time in youth ministry and, and Dave as well. Mentoring, again, without going back into what we've talked about, it is complicated, but I think it's something that every single one of us needs to understand so that we can help instill some values and see some things change in our culture among our young people. What are your guys' thoughts about this? You know, I think it's very key, not only in youth ministry, but just in life in general. And and even as Dave pointed out, there's so many different types of mentorship, whether we're talking, you know, in this sense, you know, spiritually in our, in our walk with God as we ever grow in our relationship with him. But then, you know, you even have mentors like in electricians and plumbing and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to the, to the, to the ministry side of mentoring, you know, it's, it's this simple idea that goes even all the way back to this idea of discipleship. It's kind of passing on what we learn about God to other people, you know, and, and even as, as I've worked in youth ministry, you know, as an older person looking and wanting to invest in the lives of young people, the reason I want to do that is because I want them to learn and to grow in the ways that I've learned about God and help them so that they don't have to go through the same mistakes or the same screw-ups that I did. And that's that's my perspective. But then even in my life, the reason I look for, I still look for mentors that are older than me is because I realize that there's other people that have already done life, that have learned more about who God is, have 
face different situations that I can learn from. And even just looking at them, I want to become more like them. You know, and even as we we're talking about in the break, God has designed us to be followers, you know, to, to lead and to follow. I mean, he oftentimes talks about shepherd and sheep, you know, which is a, an amazing illustration. If you, if you just look back at the way that the uh, shepherd used to tend his flock, probably don't have a whole lot of time to go there. But the whole concept is that we're designed to want to go somewhere and to follow somebody and to bring people with us. Absolutely. And, and I think that's at the core of what mentoring is about. And when it comes to ministry, you know, it's that desire to know more about who God is. And so we look around, it's like, all right, how, who can help me get there? You know, and, and, and we've talked about that desire and it's in, in, in the, the idea of it, it's simple. It's just passing on the knowledge of, of our own relationship with God to other people. Right. You know, and that's that's the, the the environmental aspect of it is that it doesn't have to be like a rigid, like this is how you do it. It's really just doing life on life with people. We have that here at camp. Right. You know, we have counselors that stay a week in, in a cabin with students. And the reason why it's so powerful is because they're just doing life on life. And so as they go and hang out on the zip line or go swimming, when different things come up, all of a sudden there's moments where they can speak truth into the life of the young person. And that's a mentor moment. And so it's not even like it's it's something that was rigid and set up. It's just organic that it just naturally happens. And I think that's the beauty of mentorship is that I think sometimes we get so caught off in, into the rigiosity. I don't even thought that's a word. Let's um, make it one. But it's really just creating the atmosphere of building into each other's lives as a community, whether it's peer mentoring, whether it's, you know, looking at somebody younger than you or having somebody older than you. I think there's there's so many different types of mentorship and really at the core of it it's it's really challenging ourselves and sharpening ourselves yeah. so that we learn more about who God is. Yeah. yeah. I think remember the acronym SOAR, S O A R. Significant other adult relationships. Yeah. Mm. And, and you can soar when you have them. Yeah. I mean, you can. Now, now, what's interesting about what you're saying, though, Jason, can, let me ask you, Jason, can, um, can I force anybody else to love Jesus? No. Can I force them to make a right decision? Nope. So what am I trying to do? I can't guarantee anything. Right. I can't make somebody do right. I can't make their decisions right. So as a mentor... What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? You're a younger guy. What am I supposed to do for you? Point me to the truth. How? Just do life with me. And exactly. Then, and, and, and you you just said it. I mean, yeah. summarize the whole thing. Basically, here's a mentality. First and foremost, I was meeting with a man. He was concerned about his, his daughter, and his daughter's getting to an adolescent age where she's just like withdrawing from her dad and he'd never seen that before and he's he's wondering dave what's going on here and i yeah. i said well don't worry about it i i said let's let's get the sore let's get the significant other adults uh in in her life involved what do you mean well you know what believe it or not there's times where sometimes kids they, they start to withdraw from parents like they're going to be on their own they kind of think mom and dad are geeky or from mars or something like that for a little bit and and they're not really but they don't they're kind of feeling this thing out here's what you want to do you want to have enough other adult relationships in this person's life where they can come and support what is right during that period and mm-hmm. and turn them back to god and to you eventually uh, because of, they'll see well boy all these other significant adults believe the same thing as my parents they must not be from mars yeah. Because they're figuring out that stuff. So significant other adult relationships are soaring is extremely important. And uh, really, I gave this guy simple advice. It, it would be, it would, and it was this: live your life in a way where you show them how much you love your wife. Yeah. Live your life in a way where you show them how you love God, how you're obedient to Him. Do not start lecturing them. Live in a way. Where your life lectures them, how you live, what's important to you, uh, and and live that way. And not only that, I should get up every day and look for opportunities that God gives you. Mm. Because here's how self-centered we get. I am looking for a way to reach my child. What if you're the significant other relationship in somebody else's child? Well, you know, look for ways not to lecture. Mm. You know what? We've got so much opinion out there in the preponderance of words. (laughs) They lose their meaning. I mean, they're not important anymore. Here's what's important, that, that people who love God actually live like they love God. People who have faith live like they have faith. You know, it's important that we have that. And and not just hear words, but actually see people. Yeah. As a younger person, uh, Jeff or Jason, 
When you see somebody that's older than you who is the real deal, they're really loving God, they're really loving their wife, they're really living the way they should, does that make you want to run from them? Mm-mm. The opposite. Yeah. And, and it's not even that they lecture you. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know how many... You know, I, I don't know how many parents have come to me and said, my kid's standing outside your office. I'm going to bring him in. Would you straighten him out? And I laugh. And I think <laughs> I, yeah. I could try. Yeah. But the the problem is you want me to give him some words. Yep. And words aren't going to do it. Yeah. I, I, we've learned that. And we can talk some segment about the whole educational system, but that's where the educational system went and failed and still fails. It's not just about words. It's not that we don't use words to, to, for all kinds of things, but it's not just words. It's a life. And uh, I, I, I just want to say in John chapter 1, Jesus said, in the beginning was the word, words of God. In the beginning was the concept of God. And later in chapter, he said, and the word, the concept became flesh and dwelt among you so you could behold the glory of God. In other words, Jesus was saying, I came to show you who God is. Now, all of his words back that up. And and that's step number one. I love it that God gave me something I can do and not something I can't do. And and we've got to be able to see it that way. All right. I got some thoughts on this. We're going to save them for the second half of the show on youth ministry and how mentors in the church are really necessary for this next generation. I want to talk about that when we come back here in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, Dita with you tonight. Thanks for joining us here on the show. If you miss any part of this conversation, remember you can subscribe to the podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. So we are on iTunes. We're on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio. Whatever app you use, you can find the link to hook that right into your podcasting app at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. So, guys, we've been talking about mentoring, the value of mentoring. I think every one of us deep down knows that we need a mentor, but there are some hang-ups that kind of come with that. So, if you're like me, you're kind of thinking out loud, you're like, well, that's great, Jeff. I know that I need a mentor, but guess what? I don't have anybody that's close to me that I can just go to and say, hey, you know, can we talk about some life issues? I don't know that I trust somebody to that degree because there does have to be some kind of level of trust there. Um, if you're somebody who is interested in mentoring, you're like, well, that's great, but do I just go and knock on doors and say, hey, mentor for hire here? Like, it, how do I do this? How do I get started in it? How do I set up good boundaries and good safeguards? What are the safe, appropriate boundaries. We talk about significant other adult relationships that every young person needs to have in their life. We also need to talk about how to safeguard those and how to set up some parameters and how to how to actually set yourself up for both sides to be successful in a successful mentoring relationship. So glad you've joined us here tonight on the show. And uh, guys, like any other topic we talk about, mentoring is one of those that I come back to and say, I wish, I wish, I wish more people understood that it takes people to be involved in mentoring. I wish people understood that adults especially would just be open more to the idea of mentoring, especially when I was in youth ministry. It was like one of those things where I wish I could just walk up to any single adult in the church. And I know it's not possible, but I wish I could just walk up to any any adult in the church and say, hey, would you come? Would you give a few hours a week? Would you come and hang out with these young people and mentor and get involved in their life and, and just be a part of helping them to form spiritual habits in their life, help them to, to really find a relationship with God? Would you come and just pour into them? And a couple of thoughts that I had before I get to your thoughts, Dave and Jason, is is that when we were talking about uh, mentoring and having significant other adult relationships, this is an important thing, but I think it's not always clear cut. And one of the things that I was thinking about as you guys were talking was that we have to toss out the idea of perfection, that I could be the perfect mentor for them. Jason, as you are, I'm sure, aware 
aware of when you're in youth ministry, you feel that there are more times where you failed more than you succeeded and, and being a youth mentor, being a youth minister, a youth pastor, or just a youth worker, somebody that hangs out with them. And uh, the other part of it is supporting the family is a big part of youth ministry. And, and I didn't really realize this before I got married and then before I had kids. It's one of those things where families are looking to you to, like you were talking about, Dave, solve their kid's problem or solve the problem that they're having with their kid. And today, it's one of those things where we want a perfect fix for things. There's just not a perfect fix for them. And even mentors themselves, we feel like we are sometimes underqualified. We're imperfect. We have to risk our own face. Like, I don't want people to see my failures or my shortcomings or, mm. or my flaws. I think that's a big part of people that really resist mentoring is that we don't want people to know that we're human these days. All right. Let me role play with you. Can I do that? All right. All right, so I want you to be somebody who wants to mentor, but you don't feel qualified, and, and we'll go through a little scenario here. Yeah. All right. So I come to you and say, okay, Jeff, man, I, I'd love for you to mentor some junior high kids. Can, can you help me out here, and, and, and let's get a, something going where you uh, can do that. Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, you know, I would love to, but I just, I don't know that I have the time to do that. You don't have the time? Let me ask you this. You said you'd love to. Right. I would love to. Yes, I would. Yeah. So what other things in your life do you love to do? Well, uh, I love to hang out with friends. I love... You do that? Sometimes. I mean, yeah. sometimes. So when I have time. What else do you love? I love every weekend playing soccer. Okay. And so you play every weekend? I do. Yeah. It's, I enjoy doing that. It's, ex it's exercise. And you make time for that, huh? Well, I mean, I, I signed up for this team, so I you know I paid money. I probably should play. Yeah, you know what I think? I, I'm not sure you love the kids, and I'm you know because if you did, I think you'd act like it. Well, I treat them nice though when I go to church on Sundays. Isn't that enough? Like I say hi to some of them. Yeah, I treat prisoners nice when I see them. Treating people nice is not mentoring them. And the truth of the matter is, if you actually love kids, you, you're actually going to want to be in a position where you can have an effect in their life. And that's all I'm saying is I would love for you to think about your life at this point. Now, what I'm doing with you, Jeff, is playing mentor. Yeah, I think you're cornering me, Dave. I'm cornering you? I feel pushed. You're pushing my buttons. But here's the deal. You you and I have a relationship. <laughs> and so with you and I in the relationship that we've, we've already established, I would feel comfortable in this line of questioning to you. I would not feel comfortable in this line of questioning to just anybody, but I would with you. Because I'm trying to make a point as a mentor. You know, I'm trying to say, you know what, I don't give me the excuse. You know, you start off saying you love these kids, but, but you don't make any time for them. You don't make any provision for them. And all I'm asking you to do is act like you actually love them. Hmm. And, and you know what, if you don't love them, just tell me you don't really want to do it. And, and now we can work on another issue, and I can talk to you about, well, really, are you only involved in stuff that you like and it gives you a thrill and that kind of stuff? Because actually... You know, when you love somebody, it's pretty painful at times. I don't know. Uh, Jason, let me ask you this. Uh, everybody that you've ever really worked with in youth work, has it been successful and they love God and they're walking with God and everything's cool? No. So if you had a broken heart ever? Uh, yeah. So I can't promise that if you're going to mentor yeah. somebody and love somebody, you won't have a broken heart. Right. Boy, you know, what guarantee can I give anybody that their life will be better if they become a mentor? I can't do it because, you know, I've actually at times gone home and, and thought, honestly, as a teacher, I think I fail more than I succeed. Yeah. I honestly think that more people don't listen to me than listen to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. On, that's hard on anybody. I mean, you, you just start thinking, why am I doing this? My old line used to be when I'd go home, I'd tell my wife, I'm going to pump gas for a living. <laughs> I'm, I'm changing everything I do. <laughs> and when I pump gas, I'm not even talking to anybody. I'm just going to grunt. Yeah, you know, I don't know, I'll fill their tank. I can see you doing <laughs> you know, that. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll fill their tank. I go, so I want to see you, and then I'll, I'll go back down. I go, what did he say? <laughs> Nothing, but I got gas and we paid for it. Okay. So, I, you know, because then you know what, I would feel like I succeeded. Yeah, right. At right. something, I actually put gas in their tank. Yeah, and if I would have said anything, I would have got criticized by how I said it or where I said it. In fact, they'll probably criticize me anyway because that's what people well, do. Yeah. So it's really hard to go to a mentor and say, like, yeah, I want you to mentor, man, and life will be great. It, I can't promise that. Right. But here's the deal. Everybody's going to show up to get gas 
from that place. Like yep. this is the other tension that we all face in youth ministry is that you know there's those nights where you have you know above average attendance where kids will come they'll hang out with you and then you get those nights where like one or two kids show up and you're like what what am I doing? Like, did I mess up here? Did I miss something? Like what? So we tend to base some of our results on the numbers that we have. And that's kind of a trivial thing, but it is a reality. And I think today, and again, you talk about the atmosphere of mentorship. It's really important that we all realize that we need mentors in our life. Cause there are times where I felt, I'm not trying to coerce you into going to a youth group again or whatever, but there are times where it was like, what am I just missing something here? I mean, why aren't the why aren't kids coming? Why aren't they hanging out? Why aren't we connecting? What are we doing something that's not working here? So you begin to question things based on what you see. And and sometimes we get wrapped up and like I said, Dave, there are other things that I can get wrapped up doing and I you know, I've made time for junior hires and, and senior hires. I have no problem doing that. I enjoy that sort of thing. Those things aren't evil. No. But at the same time, like we have to get comfortable with that atmosphere and, and in some ways we have to maybe rebuild or look at how we actually foster an environment for mentorship. So I want to hear some of your thoughts on that. I think we're going to have to go another week maybe on this topic, but I think it's important to have this kind of discussion because every one of us you know, knows if we've been in a mentorship relationship, mentorship isn't easy. It's not a quick fix solution. It's not something that you can just go kind of halfway in and try out for a couple of weeks. It's like, no, either you're going to mentor or you're not going to mentor. I mean, there's really no middle ground on this. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at NicolayBibleInstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Join us on the Tweetback right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Also, at HopeNet360.com, our show notes are there tonight. So the things we're talking about, some helpful tips, some hang-ups, things about mentoring that will help you get started in mentoring, especially if you've just signed up and you have no idea what you're in for. I think the greatest decision that you can make tonight, if you've been prompted, if there's something tugging at your heart to go into to become a mentor, you're not sure why, you're not sure what for, you're not sure where to go to. Just get started with some simple basics of mentoring. Check out our show notes at hopenet360.com. So guys, mentorship, this whole idea of building an atmosphere of mentoring, that's something that I think every youth pastor is like, yeah, that's a really great idea, Jeff. How about you come in and help me do it? Because I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make people want to mentor. And I don't know that I even know how to do that. But I think it has to be something deep down within us that we see a greater purpose for mentorship, a greater purpose within us. There's a reason that we know that we need to be a mentor in someone's life, whether or not they want us to be a mentor. I think that's a different thing, but I think it's important that if you are prompted, if that's something that you feel strongly about, that you don't shy away from that. And I think one of the things that I've found in my life, Dave, I don't know if you felt the same way or Jason, but the thing that you're supposed to do, the thing that's tugging at your heart the most becomes the easiest thing you know to run from, that you try to fill your life like I was talking about, like I could go and play soccer every single day of the week and then I have absolutely no time for mentoring and I feel like for some reason that actually brings some kind of relief in my life. Whereas if I'm going to operate into something that I know, it's almost like the Jonah effect. Like God tells you to go and do something and you decide I'm going to do something totally different because that scares the living daylights out of me. Uh, I don't know how to resolve that, but I'd love to know your guys' thoughts. How do you approach that? If you got someone that you know needs to be mentoring somebody else, say you're in a youth ministry setting or something else, Dave, I know you were frank with me in that conversation. I don't know if you are that direct. How do you respond to that situation? You know, I think I, I, even as I've, I've worked with people like that in youth ministry and, and there's just different fears or different reservations, whatever they may be, you know, the thing that I try to remind them is that when it comes to mentorship, you know, going back to this atmosphere idea that is created, there's really value in just being genuine, you know, and so if you just generally want to invest into somebody or or you think that somebody else would be good investing into somebody, you know, it's just really being yourself and doing life, you know, and, and realizing that you're not perfect. Um, and, and I think that takes a lot of the weight off your shoulders because I can tell you this, that when it comes to young people or people in general, when you show that you care, 
that's when they start listening. Absolutely. You know, and I learned that from one of my, one of my mentors when I was in college, and I'm sure I don't know even who said this, but it's a common phrase that that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so if you take that step, even as a mentor, and you see somebody that's like, man, that person needs a mentor, and they might not be open to it at the start, just do life with them. Yep. Because they will see the genuineness of your interest in them, and all of a sudden they'll be like, well, why, why is this person taking interest into me? You right. know, And why are they speaking truth into my life? And all of a sudden, there then cultivates that natural atmosphere of being able to speak into their lives and they'll take value in it because they see the authenticity of your intentions. Right. And you're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. You're doing it because you genuinely care for them. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to mentorship is that people know when you're real. I mean, we all know that. We all know when people say, oh, how you doing? And it's either that you, you know that they're wanting the quick answer or then you know the people that say, actually, you know what? How are you doing? And and we all know those people and we know that we can be real with those people. And so I think that's that's a key, key thing as well is just Realizing that mentorship is really just about being genuine and the fact that we're all not perfect, but let's do this together and learn from our mistakes yeah. and, and, and try to pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus along the way. Yeah. I think transparency is very important. and it, it, You said a, a lot there, Jason, so everyone should rewind it and listen to it again. But sometimes you have to be a mentor for a season yeah. and not for a life. Mm-hmm. You are put in this world, and there are different stages that people go through. And sometimes you're in a position where somebody's going through something that you have gone through. And you can become to them somebody that can help them through that stage. Yeah. But then they get beyond you, and you can't help them anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Every One of the greatest thrills I've had in life is when young people go beyond me in teaching and Bible and that kind of thing. Because they think, you know what? I, I was there when you were a goofball and not doing anything. And I cared, and I saw this potential. I saw a young man last night that spoke, and, and I, I talked to him afterwards. I said, you have potential. You right. can really do this if you want to keep working at it. You know. And, and he just beamed and said, really? I said, you do? Now, now, what will happen is, I don't know, he'll get better at me one day, and then, then I'm saying, yeah, go talk to Andy Stanley or somebody. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know I, I, I'm just saying, th- there's, there's a season. And what happens sometimes is I think we... We're a little fragile when it comes to realizing that God puts us in and out of people's lives for a time, and he puts us there, and that's how the body works together. It doesn't mean that your friendship ever ends, and it doesn't mean that the mentoring really ever ends. Yeah. It just means that it changes, and in time, there'll be, like, if, if you're a good friend with somebody, and you're a mentor, and you're a single guy, and you're, you've mentored somebody, and you're still single, and they're about to get married, probably let a married guy talk to him at this point. You know, and, and, and he should have a married guy in his life. It's not that you wouldn't know the principles and stuff, but honestly, if you're a single person, you probably don't have the experience of being married. So, th- that being said, yeah. um, and obvious, okay. that you might want to pass it off. It doesn't mean you're less of a friend at that point, and you'll mm-hmm. be less of a friend. It means that you're looking for somebody. I often, in life, uh, when I'm talking to somebody, my brain starts to scramble trying to figure out who can I put in their life for this moment. Yeah. You know, it's this moment they need somebody in this way. Yeah. And I'm looking for that sore, that significant other adult relationship that I can I can connect with them for this moment. Mm-hmm. And really, I have seen that in life. I have been in uh, young people's lives and out of people's lives and in their lives. It doesn't mean I'm not their friend, but at moments I'm more involved. And at other moments I'm less involved for a very good reason. And and so sometimes people think, well, you know, first of all, it's, a, it's heartbreaking to be a, a mentor really because you care. Yeah. So, so you build a wall and you don't care. That doesn't work either. It's it's really heartbreaking being lonely too, and and not doing anything significant in life. Those, those are heartbreaking things. And yes, Jeff, I, I usually am pretty frank with people. I mean, we talked about that in the play thing last time. But I found that at my age, it's just better to be frank than try and figure out how to beat around the bush all the time and say the same thing. Yeah. And and so, people will not come to me who don't want frankness, and that's okay. There's others that can say the same thing and say it smoother than I do. Yeah. And so I'll send them over there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's okay. There's a certain style that I have a certain way to do it. Uh, recently, I was actually talking with the governor of the state of Wisconsin. And I'm telling you, that man is so gifted. He, he really is. Governor Walker is a gifted man in this. He looks at you and listens to you. He remembers you. He, there are other politicians I've been with, and they're looking around the room while they're talking to you to see who's next. Hmm. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? This governor, Governor Walker, is a gifted relational person. He really knows how to make the person he's talking to understand that he's listening mm-hmm. and that they're the only person right now in the world to him. And I thought, that's a gift. 
right there. Because yeah. I've been even myself guilty of looking around the room, looking for somebody else when I'm talking to somebody. This guy's gifted. And I thought, okay, he's probably in the right position with what he's doing because he actually cares and that kind of thing. And I, I had a great respect for him. But we look for that in the church. We look for people who have different gifts and talents. We want to use them. We don't think that we have to mentor everybody. That's not the goal. The goal is that we're looking at people and asking God, what do I need to do to help them be the best they can be? And it might be given to somebody else. Yeah. And that's, that's a really great thing to key in on too, Dave, is that simplifying the role of mentor. And a couple of things that I picked up on so far in this episode is really that mentoring, it, it does go beyond us. There are parts of it that we'll love and there are parts that we won't like. You know, the whole addressing conflict or addressing things that we don't want to hear about. And I think one of those things is being direct. One of the things that mentors, good mentors do is they are direct. We saw this recently in a story that came out regarding a football player, Eddie Lacy, and coach Mike McCarthy or the Green Bay Packers. And he was direct on an issue that Eddie Lacy was struggling with. Now, to put that in a public arena, I'm not sure if that was the greatest thing, but he was direct. Great mentors, great coaches know that they have to be direct. They can't beat around the bush. They can't soften the blow of what the truth really is, the reality is. We have to be direct, ask direct questions. That's hard for people sometimes to to be comfortable with that. And the other part of it is we have to be okay with not being perfect and understanding that we have flaws, I have flaws. I have times where I'm not as strong as I need to be for somebody else. I'm not the perfect mentor. There's someone that could do it better than I can. Um, There's also the part, though, that makes me really... I guess try to protect my youth workers and people that are mentoring young people is that I wish I had more so that we didn't have so many kids pandering and, and trying to come around one person and look for wisdom, look for mentoring from one person. That will wear you out too. You have to be kind of protective over time. So that becomes a difficult balance as well because with the shortage of mentors today that are out there, we have so many kids, so many young people, young adults in many different facets of culture and community that could use a mentor and there just aren't enough or they're not obvious enough or they're not in some ways good enough. Some people really don't have the right perspective to be a mentor and yet they're in a position. Sometimes mentoring is a positional thing. And so this is also, it makes it a little bit more complicated, a little bit more difficult, but hopefully tonight this is helping you kind of understand your role and what you can do to become a mentor, be a better mentor for the lives of people that are in your life. So we're going to talk about this, wrap up the conversation and more when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're having some fun mentoring time in the breaks here with you guys. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'll be hanging out there for a little bit longer tonight. But we are wrapping up this conversation, guys, on mentorship. And a few things to kind of keep in mind. There's some things that we talked about on the show and and things that I hope you will take away from it is if you are pull if something's pulling at your heart that you need to be a mentor, start somewhere. I think the first thing, first step that I can encourage you with is don't just go knocking on doors and putting out this this big fancy production saying, hey, I'm a mentor, I'm, I'm here for hire. The reality is, is we have much more need for good mentors than we have need for just any old person to do that. We have a lot of people that are looking, that are needing mentors today, and you could definitely be one of them. But I would just encourage you to start somewhere. Take a look. Take an inventory personally at your own life. The choices that you're making, the things that you're doing, are they going to be leading somebody in a direction that you want them to follow, or are you doing things that need to be adjusted first? I would start there. I'd start looking internally with yourself. And as we're wrapping up this conversation, guys, I'd love to know some of your final thoughts on this whole topic because it's a big topic, but I think everybody has to learn that they start somewhere. There's no real perfect idea of, of a mentor. So with that, some of your final thoughts tonight. Yeah, I would say that the first and foremost, and this is probably key, don't let Dave ever mentor you on phones. <laughs> never. Just never, never. Um, never, please. So, I, my wife has forbade me, I think, from going and getting a phone myself ever again. <laughs> because I think I made every mistake a person could make in getting the phone. Because I went in there and said, just give me one, and I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to do anything. It's like getting a haircut. Yeah. Yeah, I, I told him the same thing when I got a haircut. Just do it and let me get out of here. <laughs> there you go. Keep it simple. Yep. Keep it simple. But uh, I mean, on a more um, intentional note, you know, when it comes to mentoring, I would say that it, it, it just doesn't happen by itself. You know, and that's the key. And whether you want to mentor somebody or whether you want to be mentored, I would encourage you to be intentional 
and and really just to, to go out there and, and don't be afraid of, of of all the fears that come along with it. You know, take that step of faith and say, you know what, I'm I'm looking for somebody to mentor. And if there's somebody in your life that's like, man, this person seems to have it, you know, and I want to be more like them. I want to, you know, glean whatever it is from them. You know, approach them and be like, hey, would you mind doing life with me and investing in my life? Because I can tell you this: that of all the people that have come to me, I've never said no. Um, because it's just the way it is. You want to try to create that atmosphere of mentoring, whether it's somebody older than you, whether it's a peer, whether it's you know wanting to invest into somebody younger. I would encourage you to do it and just to be genuine and just invite them to do life with you. There's no there's no right equation for mentorship. You know, I'd say just do life together, and as life brings its situations, that's where you bring the truth of Scripture into life and say, all right, here's what here's what. We're told, here's what we're taught, let's let's pursue Jesus in this and work together and sharpen each other along the way. That's that's the whole idea of mentorship. That's that's the heart of discipleship. Um, and, and we see that all over Scripture. I mean, you look at Jesus and the way that he invested into the 12 disciples. He was intentional um, about that. It didn't just naturally happen. And uh, that's that's the cool thing about mentorship is just the process. And even as Dave said, it, it goes through different seasons. You know, it's not like you're going to have the same mentor for, you know, a thousand years. You know, you might have different mentors for different situations in your life, and that's that's totally fine. But it's cool, and I'm I'm I know as I look at my life, I'm grateful for not only the mentors in my life, but I'm even grateful for the opportunities to pour into it. Because sometimes, as I'm mentoring somebody, I'm learning myself, uh, which is the amazing, crazy thing about it. But it's it's really cool. So don't be afraid. Take a step, and even if you don't have anybody in your life, or anything that you're at a point, it's like, all right, I need to get my walk with God first, right? You know, we're here. We're here to listen. You know, check out hopenet360.com. You could talk to a live coach. We'd love to, if there's something that's just keeping you from pursuing Jesus or you just don't have that desire, we'd love to talk to you. So feel free to talk to a live coach and we can even help you uh, with some of those problems and, and point you in the right direction. I would say that if, if you're one that should be mentoring and you're not, um, you're not positioning yourself right and you're, I don't think you're really excited about your love of, for God really. Because it, it, it should be... Have you guys ever played with, like, that green slime stuff? I think Is so. Is that what it's called? Slime or gunk or something? Gack or something? Whatever. <laughs> that was an old school thing. Yeah, yeah. an old school thing. But I remember it. So, that, you know what I'm thinking, though? I'm thinking, you know, too many times we want to we wanna set somebody in a chair and set them right and talk to them. You really need to just slime all over them. I mean, you, you, you need to be somebody <laughs> who loves God in a way where it affects everybody around you. Yeah. Dance mentoring, because you've set up the atmosphere then. And the other thing is, I would encourage is, if you want to be mentored, there are many people there who, who the idea of formal mentoring scares them. Sure. Because they really don't know what that means. And somebody who's responsible will say, I don't know what that means. I don't know what the expectation is. So if, if you think that there's somebody that would, that would scare, but you want to really see how they do life, just go do life with them. Just, just do stuff with them, you know, and you, what you'll find is that you'll be mentored by them because of their, who they are and their love for God, their love for family. And, uh, and for people who are loving God and, you know what, I would ask you to do it in public. Yeah. Not, not be so private about your faith. Right. Go ahead and talk about it, um, with, uh, people over dinner and, and, and out at restaurants yeah. and, and talk to kids about it. And, and don't think that they don't want to hear it. I mean, talk about life and how you're living it and, and be an open book and, uh, so often, somebody that I just finished talking to, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, go love God, and then I'll pause and, and I'll look at them and say, do it in public too, would you? Yeah. I mean, just do it so other people can see it. Yep. Now, that is a danger if that's what you're doing it for. But but I'm not really saying put on a show. I'm saying go ahead and love God, but don't keep it a secret that you do. Yep. It's okay for you to tell someone I love God. I want you to love him too. You're not saying I'm perfect and everything. You're saying I love God, and I want you to love him too. And that's... Really setting up the atmosphere for being uh, mentored is far uh, more important than coming up with a specific program because now you're in a, in a place where you're walking with God and, and you're putting your life on display. And it will invite others to be a part of that. And again, look for ways to be a part of it. And if someone you want to have mentor you is afraid of it, which could be, just do life with them and you'll find out you'll get mentored just on the sly. It, it just will happen because it's a natural part of life. Yep. Now, if you are out there and you are looking at becoming a mentor to somebody else, I think it also goes with it that we need to say there are some parameters that we would probably want to talk about. Maybe we can talk about this next week on the show, guys. But the thing about being a mentor is that there are some people that absolutely should be mentors. I think there are people that do it well, um, that live with integrity, that have such stellar character that you want them around young people and you want them to be involved in their life. And then there are some that are just, you know, you're not sure about their lifestyle. You're not sure about some of the character things that are happening in their life. 
Um, a few things that I would consider looking at too in your life, if you have some struggles with an addiction, maybe you've got a uh, an issue, maybe not with the obvious ones like drugs or with alcohol, but maybe with those things. But if you're addicted to food or you're addicted to video games, you're addicted to, to things that are not really pointing in a direction that you think people should go, I would say let's just wait and, and address that later. I think if you do not have a mentor in your life, then you probably should not be mentoring other people. And I say that because a, a good mentor is someone that would not just mentor other people from just from their vantage point. I think we have to learn and continually grow as mentors to mentor other people underneath us. I think that's what a good mentor will do. They'll seek out that kind of a relationship to actually have a mentor in their life, someone they can be transparent with, someone they can be vulnerable with, and to talk openly about some of the struggles with. Because the other part of it, guys, is you can end up having relationships that become, they start out like a mentor relationship, but then they become kind of emotionally involved, and pretty soon there's an attachment there that's pretty unhealthy. And I think as a mentor, as somebody who wants to look out for the better of somebody else, I think it's important to know that there are going to have to be some limitations, some boundaries that we set. And we've done episodes here on the show about guardrails and having guardrails in our own lives. I think the same thing is true. People that do not have guardrails set up in their life probably shouldn't be mentoring right now. And that's okay. It's okay. You can be passionate about mentoring. You can be an advocate for mentoring and not be actively mentoring somebody else just so that you can actually get your life a little bit on track before you start pouring into somebody else. Because as the word of God talks about, it's better that you not lead somebody else astray. If you go and lead a young person astray, the Bible talks about that it, it would be better for you to just hang a, a heavy object around your neck and, and jump in a big body of water. And that would be better for you than leading somebody down the wrong path in life. That's what a mentor does. A mentor helps pour in and show somebody maybe a new skill or a new ability. If you're in youth ministry, it's helping them build spiritual habits, things that will help them be successful in every single facet of life and also in their eternal status and knowing who God is. So these are important things. It's important to talk about it. I want to encourage you, if you have any questions about mentoring, you want to learn more about it, shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. You can also jump on Facebook or on Twitter and look us up as well at HopeNet Radio. That is where we're at tonight. January was National Mentoring Month, but there are opportunities everywhere you look. And one key one that we like to talk about is becoming a live coach. So if you're interested in becoming a live coach on our crisis chat lines, check out hopenet 3 360.com tonight. Our show notes are there. This podcast will be there. You can subscribe to it at hopenet360.com and check all of that stuff out there. You're going to want to find out more information on mentoring. For all of us here on the show, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Later. Later.